Welcome back to the Legacy Through Motherhood podcast. This is Stephanie, your host. And if you are new here, I just want to say welcome. I am so glad that you are here. And if you are not 100% sure what this community is about, let me just tell you real quick. Okay. So my heart is to just help women become an inflection point, so to speak, in their family's narrative that will ultimately drive generational change, right? Like we all have room and space to grow in any area, but each of us really does have an area in our life that maybe has just a little stronger hold on us than others. For, you know, each of us, there is that one area that we just can't get traction in or are really struggling with our mindset around or just can't seem to stay consistent in our actions long enough to make real change. And in this podcast, we have chosen to focus on five core areas, faith, finances, health, marriage, and mindset. And I have found that most moms I know and have heard from, myself included, tend to struggle with these areas the most. And so I also believe that in these areas, we can have the largest impact on our lives, in the lives of our children. And so by just leaning into these areas and investing in ourselves, this is how we can break some of the generational cycles and bad habits to truly leave the legacy that we want to leave through our families. And there is absolutely no shame here. Like it's just the fact of life that each generation has their own struggles to work through. You know, some of you are at a point where you're just needing some maintenance, (laughs) maybe a voice to just like keep you focused and on track. Uh, But some of you guys have experienced some serious trauma and abuse or have really, really big limiting beliefs that are going to take every fiber in your being to uproot. And the way we are doing this together is by first taking extreme ownership of where we're at in life, have others influence the position that you are in, that I am in. Of course they have, but like we aren't going to wait for someone else to change our current situation. And we certainly aren't going to use these as, you know, an excuse for why we can't move forward. Like you deserve to create a life that you are proud of and ownership puts the responsibility to change back in your hands. And so once you are ready to take ownership, Girl, that's where I come in. That's where this podcast comes in. Uh, My goal is really just to provide like coaching, community, and challenge in each of these five areas that I talked about so that you can start to take whatever that next best step is for you. And so we as a community are just kind of driving small daily actions that are going to add up over time. Like we're not trying to overhaul your broken marriages, your broken finances, your broken mindset, my broken mindset, right? Overnight. Like we're just learning and we're doing it a little bit at a time just by aiming to become 1% better each and every day. And did you know that if you are listening live, then there is a daily topic specific content for whatever week we're focusing on. For example, this week um, is Legacy Through Motherhood Faith Week. So each day this week on my Instagram and my Facebook page, I will have daily encouragement for you. And there's also a private Facebook community group you can join where we do challenges. There's free training. You can kind of plug into a community just that's working together, sharing successes and helping each other through challenges. And each of you has a story based on the path God has placed you in. And there are moms in that community that need your perspective. I don't care where you're at in your story. I don't care if you feel like you are failing, you are thriving, you're somewhere in the middle, right? You're mid-conquer. It doesn't matter. Like I would 
So love to have your perspective in that group. And I would love to have you in there to engage with. Okay, so let's dive in to this week's topic. We're going to talk about the difference between self-sacrifice and self-denial. So Matthew 16, 24 says this, Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. In this episode, I really want to hone in on the phrase deny themselves because I think there's been some misunderstanding of this as it pertains to motherhood or really just life in general. Like if motherhood is your mission field, which let's be honest, if you are a mom, then it's at least one of your mission fields, (laughs) regardless of what type of work you do, right? So I think that this is going to be a really important distinction to you. Like I always think it's really interesting to just look at certain power words or phrases in Hebrew or Greek, because oftentimes the English word just doesn't quite do it justice, or it really just doesn't capture the full essence of the meaning that the Bible is trying to convey, right? And fun fact, if you don't know this, the Old Testament mostly was originally written in Hebrew, and then the New Testament was originally written in Greek, right? So one of the most talked about examples of this where, you know, it doesn't quite translate in English is this, the word love, Like in English, we say love for everything. Well, in Greek, I think there are four different words that they use for love. Agape and phileo are the two most common. I think that you've, you've, if you've been around the church, if you've listened to sermons, you've probably have heard of at least those two. And they, they mean two completely different types of love. Like phileo love is a deep adoration and fondness of someone. It's like a friendship or a brotherly love. It's the love that we have for our brothers and sisters in Christ. Agape love is just unconditional love out of like benevolent commitment. It's the love that God commands us to, and it's the way that God loves us. So if you said, I phileo you, (laughs) that's saying like, I love you like a friend or I love you like a sister. I agape you is so much different, so much deeper, and it's just so much more rooted um, in this deep, deep, unconditional love. In the English version, though, all we get is the word love <laughs> for both, okay? There's no distinction there if you if you read a English Bible. So with that in mind, let's look at the word deny and what that means in Greek. So I'm going to quote this next part, and I'll put the link to where I'm quoting this in the show notes if you want to dig deeper. So the Greek term aparoneomai, translated in English is deny, has the meaning to disown or renounce. Used within the context of the imagery of taking up the cross and following Jesus, denying oneself conveys the sense of a person disassociating himself from his self-interest to serve a higher purpose. And so self-denial is not to deny one's personality or to withdraw from the world or to deny things as an ascetic person does. Now, what the heck is an ascetic? All right. It's basically someone who practices extreme self-denial. An extreme example would be like monks who avoid all pleasure and self-gratification and spend their whole lives in prayer and meditation. It is the 
turning away from the idolatry of self-centeredness and living in a way where we are constantly feeding our own interests. It's someone who denies the goodness of God's creation. So let me be careful to walk the line here. The Greek term for deny is saying that we are called to disassociate ourselves from our own self-interest to live a life for God. This is what happens when we are baptized. We are living life for Christ and not ourselves. But once we accept Jesus through baptism, it is not a constant and extreme withholding of our basic needs just to get hyper in tune with our spirituality, right? Now, to be clear, can withholding be a good thing? Sure. Like fasting would be a quote unquote extreme denial of a basic need because you're not eating. I love the way that Pastor John Piper explains Christian fasting. He says this, Christian fasting is not a belittling of the good gift of food. It is simply a heartfelt, body felt exclamation point at the end of the sentence. I love you, God. I need you more than I need food and more than I need life, right? Now, let's jump over to the word sacrifice really quick. Sacrifice is the action of killing and laying something or someone on an altar as an offering to God. The Old Testament talks a lot about animal sacrifices, and this was done so that the weight and the atonement of sin could be carried by the animal so that we could maintain a close relationship with God without our sin being a barrier, okay? So if you are like not someone who is super familiar with this, um, that might seem a little odd or overwhelming, is actually a really beautiful um, sentiment, okay? Um, it was just, it was a way before Jesus came that we were, that God was able to like close the gap between us. Okay. Okay. So I am going to start talking practically about the two of these ideals, self-denial and self-sacrifice. I'm going to talk to you about what I think this looks like practically in our lives, as well as what I believe are common misconceptions of these two things. Like if you were to look up you know, denial and sacrifice in the dictionary, you guys, like they almost are synonymous. <laughs> and often they can be used interchangeably. So I get it. And there's also, you know, a lot that the Bible says about self-sacrifice and then there's self-denial. And I think there can be a ton of just confusion as to the approach God is calling us to. So Romans 12 even talks about offering your bodies as like a living sacrifice. Okay. So when I'm saying this, please understand that I'm really just trying to show that there is a difference between two ways to live our life, okay? So could you probably go into the Bible and say, well, it says self-sacrifice here, and you're saying not to do that. Yes, okay, that's not, but that's not what I mean. My point is, is that we're going to look through these two different angles so that we have a lens to filter our actions through, okay? So don't get caught up on like the words that I'm using, um, but you'll, the point behind it still remains the same. And I have put a lot of study and reflection into these two concepts and how I feel, I personally feel they're applied in our lives, as well as how they are different from one another. And I use this understanding as a lens, like I said, to filter both the large and small decisions that I make in my daily life and our family's life and whatever else. So the important thing here is that you understand that there are two sides of the sacrifice and denial coin, okay? They're very similar, but they're, but they're also very different. So to put it simply, denying yourself 
is actively choosing not to have or do something in order to make room for God's kingdom to be grown in and through your life. Okay, that's a Stephanie definition. Sacrificing yourself is to physically, mentally, or emotionally die off or withhold a basic need that inhibits you from fulfilling God's purpose in your life to the fullest. Okay? So let me give a tangible example of these two things to help with the distinction. I believe that what I give up as a foster parent is denying myself. I have given up a lot of sleep, especially when we had a newborn. I've given up control of my schedule because of the visits with our foster kids' uh, biological families, you know, a couple times a week. I've given up my privacy because caseworkers are in and out of my home all the time, sometimes showing up unannounced. I've given up some of my time and my energy that I can no longer give to my, my four biological kids. I have given up energy because adding one kid or three kids, right, means a lot more kids just to get ready and to feed and to spread myself over every single day. But Jesus has a heart for orphan care, and that is what our family's purpose is right now, is to love these vulnerable children, right? Like they say the most dangerous place for a child to be is outside of a family unit. So we take these kids in and we deny ourselves a life that could be so much easier, I don't know, for the sake of the gospel, So I see self-denial as a righteous giving up of things. Now, hear this. Living off of a half-eaten peanut butter and jelly sandwich all day long because you have not made time for yourself to eat because your kids have monopolized your time. Y'all, that is not a righteous self-denial for Christ, right? Like that is you sacrificing yourself. And y'all, I use this, I, I've used this peanut butter and jelly um, example 500 times if you've listened to all of these podcast episodes because that is me to a T. Like literally I'd make a half peanut butter and jelly and I'd like graze on it all day long, okay? So never having a break like running yourself into the grounds, never making time for an adult conversation to support yourself emotionally and mentally, that is not self-denial for the sake of Christ. That is sacrificing yourself. You aren't getting a bigger badge for being a godly mother in heaven by living your life solely for your kids in this way. Like if your mission field is motherhood, which again, if you are a mom, then it is. Let me ask you this. How great of a mom are you when you have not eaten, when you have not slept, you have not had an actual adult conversation in days. I mean, really, like I know if I'm experienced that I am probably the worst version of myself. Like we become this shell of ourselves and we become a martyr for motherhood. And let me be clear, like Being a martyr for motherhood is not the same as being a martyr for Christ. And honestly, I would question (laughs) if motherhood has become an idol for you. I would question if motherhood has become your identity. And I question these things for you because I've questioned these things for myself, right? 1 Corinthians 6, 19 to 20 says this, Do you not know? that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God, you are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. So hear me. 
It is not biblical, mama, for you to become a shell of yourself for the sake of your motherhood. And listen, like I am right here with you. I am in the midst of motherhood with you. I think this is the season that God has called me to um, start this business, not when my kids are older and I have time to do it, right? Like I am sitting on the floor with you as you are trying to fold laundry and there are toys everywhere and the baby is crawling on you and unfolding all of your clothes, trying to help. Like you're nursing for the 500th time today. Like the three-year-old is coloring with markers on the kitchen table and you are praying to God. He does not color on the table. Your four-year-old is yelling for you to come wipe his butt. And the seven-year-old wants to tell you absolutely everything he can right this very second. Oh, and I also, I also have that same coffee (laughs) chilling in my microwave right now, right? So sister, I am with you. Like motherhood is so much servitude, but I'm afraid, like I'm genuinely afraid that we have as a culture idolized this tired and exhausted mom. I mean, you guys, literally one of the most common Halloween costumes these past couple years have been the tired mom. Like with Cheerios stuck in this crazy frizzled hair, mismatched clothes, milk leaking through an oversized t-shirt, like raccoon eyes from not being able to wash our face, dark circles from no sleep. They have like a baby and a bajorn and another, you know, taped to their leg. Like what? We're a freaking joke, you guys. Like that's not okay. In this hot mess mom culture, the more we sacrifice, the greater the badge of honor. And it's crap, to be honest. Will motherhood call us to deny ourselves if we become mothers? Of course. Of course it will. But there is a difference between, you know, you giving up the freedom a single person has so that you can nurture and love and pour into your kids and not eating all day in fueling your body. There is a difference between choosing to be mostly homebound, you know, because of your children and then never making time to have coffee with a life-giving friend because, well, you're a mom now. Do you see the difference? Like God has given you, oh my gosh, you guys, women's bodies are freaking amazing what we can do. Like God has given you the body that you have to live out his purpose here on earth. And you guys, our God is so good and so compassionate and so loving. Like, do you really think he has given all of us a purpose and then expects us to just fulfill it while living on fumes? Of course not, right? And uh, in a couple of weeks, uh, Dr. Heather Rhodes is going to come on here and we talk about like all of you guys who are like 30, and feeling like crap all the time, super tired, super, you know, just exhausted, worn out, run thin, whatever. Like God did not create our bodies to start, you know, breaking down at 30 (laughs) and not working for us not to have, you know, any memory, any kind of, you can't even form sentences. I don't know how many times I've like been talking to Justin and I'm like, I don't, I don't have words. I don't, I don't know. (laughs) Sorry. I can't think of the words I want to use and the words that I want to use just are not coming out. So I like talk in incomplete sentences. He's like, what is happening to your brain? And a friend of mine, uh, we were actually just talking like, I can't believe I actually made it through college with this brain. 
<laughs> because it just seems like it's so like sleep deprived and you know whatever right now. So the point is though is that he has, God has given us this one body and it's made up of our just physical and mental and emotional selves. And God has entrusted us with our own bodies. And not to worship them or idolize them, but to use them for his glory. And how in the heck are we going to do that if we run our bodies into the daggone ground on the altar of motherhood, right? So listen, if you want to deny yourself food, then do it because you want to fast and spend that time in communion and meditation with God. Don't do it because you haven't taken a daggone second to, you know, make a meal for yourself. And with everything... God just wants our heart. Like he doesn't need us to complete his will. He invites us to be a part of it. And it's so life-giving when we approach it the right way. Like he can use us in whatever shape we're in. But I do think we have an obligation to take care of God's temple, which ever since the veil was torn, when Jesus took his last breath on the cross, the temple is now our bodies. And side note, I love the fact that God is our Abba Father and our friend, and we constantly see imagery of him as a sacrificial lamb, the one who laid down his life for ours. And sometimes I think we find so much comfort in those titles of him that we forget who else he is. Like we forget that he is also Lord. Like we forget that he is sovereign. We forget that he is the king of kings and we forget that he is also the lion. Like we forget that he has an angel army. There is a fear of God that we should all have. He is not just our buddy and our friend, though he is gracious and kind like that. And he sent Jesus so that we could relate to him. And I think sometimes we just, we don't do God justice when we picture him as, you know, this close friend of ours. Like, imagine yourself sharing space with a lamb. You know, you're comfortable to just kind of keep doing what you're doing, probably not even paying attention to the lamb, to be honest. Now, picture yourself sharing a space with a lion. Like, you better believe you are much more focused and in tune with what's happening. Like, there is a level of respect when you are in the same space as a lion because of what the lion is capable of. And that immediately demands your respect. It demands your attention. It demands that you tune in with every fiber of your being to what's happening. And so I think that we like the picture of the lamb because it doesn't demand our respect. It doesn't demand like our complete and utter attention. But I encourage you to start to view God as the lion and the king and the Lord that he is and to learn to just keep your eyes on him. You know, I picture those uh, super well-trained police dogs that are incredibly in tune to their handler. Like that is how we should be. That's how we should be with a lion. And if you don't fear God, then I don't think that you have a full respect of what he's capable of. Like thankfully, along with his unlimited power, comes unlimited grace and love and compassion. So it's not this like terrified kind of fear. It's a fear that holds God in awe and reverence. One of my favorite songs right now is called So Will I by Hillsong Worship. And I want to read some of these lyrics to you. 
If the stars were made to worship, so will I. If the mountains bow in reverence, so will I. If the oceans roar your greatness, so will I. And if the wind goes where you send it, so will I. And I just, I love that song because it just puts God's sovereignty on display for me. It just reminds me of the greatness and the all-consuming, all-omnipresent Lord and God that I serve. So, sweet friends, like there is a place to deny yourself for the sake of Christ's purpose in your life. It can be so beautiful and it keeps us dependent on him for all things. But that's not the same as sacrificing yourself. The beautiful self that God created, the beautiful you that God knew before you were even born, the beautiful you that has a purpose here on this earth, a purpose that you can only do if you eat and you sleep when you can, and you live in community. And I also want to mention that when you are in the infant stages, oh girl, there is so much grace for you here. I love in Genesis uh, 33, 14, Jacob says this, My Lord knows that the children are frail and I must care for sheep and cattle that are nursing their young. If they are driven hard for even a day, all the animals will die. Please, my Lord, go ahead of your servant. We will follow slowly at a pace that is comfortable for the livestock and the children. (laughs) I love this because it just shows like, the caring heart of God's servants just in general, like we understand that when you have little babies, you have little ones, right? There's just a slower pace. There's just a slower pace, right? And they knew that back in, you know, way, way, way long ago. (laughs) Um, And somehow we have forgotten that or we don't care. I don't know what it is. 2000 years later, like sometimes there's this pressure, freaking all the time, to be honest, um, to hustle and go hundred miles per hour when we have babies. But y'all, that's just not what's expected of us. Like there is a slowness that comes with having an infant. Like God just wants your heart. There was an article I read a couple years back that was titled when you want to do great things for God, but he keeps calling you to be a mom. And I'm sure you could guess what that article's message was, but It was just showing like that just being a mom is enough. Like if all you ever do is love and raise your babies, it's enough. If you don't go back to work or if you do, it's enough. If you don't start a side hustle, it's enough. If you don't travel the world and start a nonprofit, it's enough. If you don't become a local or global missionary, it's enough. Like motherhood is its very own mission field. And it's so overlooked um, and such a powerful one. So just make sure that you are taking care of yourself so that you can show up for your babies the best way you can. And I know that it's a hard line to walk sometimes. So I pray that you remember that you are not walking this mom life alone. I am right here with you. And this community is right here with you. Hey guys, popping in real quick to see who all my water drinkers are and who my water drinkers aren't. 
<laughs> At the beginning of every month, the Legacy Through Motherhood community embarks on like a five day momentum creator challenge. We did a 20 minutes a day reading challenge in May where our community read over 6,000 pages in just five days. And in June, we just did a decluttering challenge and decluttered for almost 7,000 minutes together those five days. I feel like community and accountability are so powerful when it comes to creating momentum. And there are things, you guys, that we wish we did more of, like reading our favorite books or decluttering areas of our home that are overwhelming. But things get moved to the back burner because, well, life, right? Like my heart is to just pull these things to the front burner for just five days for you and to create a movement around them. So starting July 1st, we are gonna kick off a water drinking challenge. Hello, one of the hottest months of the year, right? Water helps our body so much. Like it regulates our body temperature. It helps maintain healthy blood pressure, boosts our skin health, fights fatigue. Thank you, Jesus. Supports digestion, improves our mood. I mean, you guys, I could go on. So if you struggle with water intake, head over to the show notes of this episode or go to www.simsarrows dot com to sign up and if you are great with your water i would still love for you to sign up so that you can show us how it's done all right i will see you guys in there join us next week as we circle back to the topic of health i am so excited just to continue all of these conversations you guys and to walk with you and help you find your grit while completely covering you in grace